Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy poured beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Weekend Gardening. Today is National Hammock Day. I think that sounds like a really good idea. The breeze was blowing at my house. I know it's raining for some of y'all already. Not, of course, for me. This is not going to be the year when it rains everywhere except at my house, but not not yet today. All right. That's what we're all waiting for, isn't it? A little bit of a cooling moment, a little a few few degrees perhaps to help us get uh a little more into next week. Well, let's see what we can do. How are your plants doing? Let's talk about it. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That's the Super Talk call line. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five is the ceasefire text line. There are any number of things blooming at my house, but they would not make a very good bouquet. Cannas are blooming. Crocosmias are blooming. Tomatoes are blooming. I don't think they're setting fruit right now, but they're blooming. I've also got the flocks in bloom and, of, uh, and some other little tiny dianthus and one thing and another that they're very pretty. A couple of really short clear, but they're not going to be cut flowers in this particular moment. I am enjoying them, though, because it reminds me to get out and water since it hasn't been raining for a little while, for, for quite a little while, in fact. I'm very happy to tell you that uh, we can hear silence. Those of us who are lucky enough to work in radio realize that usually silence and dead air and such things are not our friend. They can We can use a little moment of silence for emphasis or something like that, but we're always acutely aware of silence. And that, that's why I'm kind of happy to tell you that in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences this particular month, we're looking at some studies conducted by Johns Hopkins University. They they looked about at about a thousand people and discovered that indeed if you are hearing the same things, all these thousand people, they played the same things for them and yes, in places where you would have expected there to be a continuing discussion or music, it actually turned out they were putting in silence. And yes, people hear the silence. And sometimes it seems to go on longer than other times. So it's not just us. <laughs> it's not just us radio people that can hear silence. Everybody can hear it, it turns out. Ooh, okra questions. You know what? I really, the other day, I was in one of my very favorite thrift stores and I found a just stupidly adorable t shirt that wouldn't fit me. Y'all know the one Fear the Okra. I love that shirt. <laughs> Let's talk to Robert and Ripley. Welcome in. Thanks for calling Weekend Gardening today. Robert, what's up? Hey, I was just uh, out tending to my okra a little bit ago and uh, got to wondering what's the best way to prune it. I never have gotten the hang of that. Uh, how do you prune or, or anything else to get the maximum yield on them? Okay. I think what I have is... Uh, um, 
that's Louisiana velvet or something like that. Okay, all variety. right, sure, that's a good one. I like that. The um, that that particular one is one of the one of the least spineless of the okras and and easy to pick. I I did have a year when I grew it in a hedge form because if you cut it back. It will make more okra, and they'll be smaller, which is not what everybody wants. But that particular year, I was pickling okra, <laughs> so that turned out to be what I needed to do. You can cut them back. If are they are they like over your head? No, no, they they are uh, waist high. Okay, the, the tallest ones. Okay, perfect. Because they're supposed to be a little bit shorter, but sometimes people tell me, you know, sometimes they're not. I would say that the best thing to do is that each time you pick a whole mess out of okra clip back those individual ones don't cut it back real hard if if you had told me that they were up over your head and that you were only getting okra at the top this would be the time of year to go ahead and cut them in half basically so that you can get new growth at the base but you've got my hedge so you're going to do real well just by clipping a little bit off each time you pick okay clip uh the the uh like where you tendrils where it's growing where where you take the okra off, unless there's another flower and another okra coming, clip that one back to the next leaf. And that'll stimulate more growth. But if it's got a flower and it's starting another okra, obviously you leave that one on. But yeah, you, you okay. don't have to do wholesale pruning to it. What, okay. What do you fertilize well, with? Well, I think we lost him. Anyway, the point about fertilizer, Robert, if you're able to still hear, um, the the question is always, what are you fertilizing with? And if you're using nitrogen at this time of year, you're probably doing the, the okra a, a lot of a good service because our soils, for the most part, are going to have enough of potassium and whatnot to get the fruit to make. But we probably need to put a little bit of organic nitrogen under them just in order to, to get more leaves lower on the plant as you are trimming them back a little bit. So that's my that's my okra diary for today. <laughs> oh, hello, Tim. <laughs> Tim has come up here to say uh, Delta State, fear the okra. It's, it's absolutely... It's one of the best things. I, I was lucky enough to uh, send one of my children to college in another part of the country, and they were frequently offered money for the okra T-shirts. <laughs> so wonderful stuff. Talk about your plants. You know, one of the things that people are doing right now is getting stuff ready and beginning the fall garden in, in the classic way. I always find this hard to talk about because we plant it in the summer. And if you don't plant it, if you wait to fall to plant, then you got to plant only really greens and, you know, um, things like that, lettuces and beets and moving on towards the winter crops. But right now, we can start squash again. We can start a lot of things. In fact, there's tomato plants in the racks and all these kind of things. I know it seems unusual and the heat is up. But what we're doing is trying to grow these plants into a healthy, happy place. And, yes, that is going to involve watering many of them. That's that's for sure. Let's see. Well, hey, good morning, Jody. Welcome in from Harrison County. What's up? Hey, Miss Nelly. How are you? Really good. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I was wondering if it's, uh, if it's too late to, uh, to prune my blueberries back. Well, how long has it been since you picked? We didn't pick this year because the freeze got it. They froze them. Okay. How about anybody near you that did pick? Has it been more than a month or Uh, six weeks? 
Miss Nellie, I don't know anybody that got blueberries. Okay. This See, this year, this year at my place, I got blueberries, but they were useless. And it has been just about a month since the last ones fell off. And yes, I'm about to prune. I don't think yours are going to be that much ahead of mine this particular round. So I wouldn't prune them as hard as you would, might do other years, but I would certainly go ahead and do a little trimming now. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what I needed. Thank you, sir. Have a wonderful day. Today is also Mango Day. Who knew? <laughs> all of these, who makes these things up? How come I know the calendar? It's just crazy. I don't know. Speaking of other things to prune, it's time to take a look at the roses if you want the fall flowers. Now, if you have a climbing rose that only bloomed once in the spring, I hope you already pruned it because it needed to be pruned after it flowered. But reblooming roses, the ones that bloom every so often, off and on during the summer, can be pruned again now, whether they're climbers or whether they're shrub roses, to bring on more flowers in about a month or six weeks. I have uh, I've just noticed this week that one I'm, I'm still suffering. You know, last winter was tough on my, my very favorite roses. I've got a whole lot more of some of them and not a whole lot more of the others. So I've got to do a little pruning to try and get things to be where I want them to be. But I'm going to have room to put in another rose. So now I've got to. I've really got to decide, you know, got to make up, make up my mind for another variety, I think, just for something different. Is it too late to plant zinnia seed in the Tupelo area? Hey, Susan, no, indeed. Go right ahead. It's in, in fact, you're right on time. The cut flower growers in your area will be planting them for at least a few more weeks um, in in. They usually plant weekly or, or every other week for summer harvest and going on into fall. So you're in good shape. Go ahead and get those in the ground or in, in containers if you're growing them in containers. I've been very, very happy with the way that the, the crazy zinnias that I was – I just decided I was going to see if anybody wanted seeds, and sure enough, y'all did. I appreciate that so much. I've gotten some really cool pictures from people. And, indeed, this the ones in my front garden are, are have caused me to continue to water <laughs> – because I didn't want to lose them. And they look pretty good. I have to say, they look pretty good. The yellow ones are beautiful. Thank I, mean, you. I mean, the pinks, the striped pinks, the yellows. I got the pinks and the striped pink, but the yellow, yeah. like you said, you had uh, had a little pack of those. There was a little bit of just yeah. I only had a few of those, and I threw them out there thinking, oh, well, you know. I think mine were a little dense planted. You know, when we thinned them a bit, I yeah. probably should yeah. have thinned them again and again. Uh, I've had I've had some beautiful plants, and then they, this time of year, they seem to be getting burned up, where yours looks really healthy well is there a trick to that there's a little bit of a trick one is the soil prep and the other is actually getting up and watering twice a day which is stupid to have to do but that's what i'm doing because i wanted them to make it in the hottest place in my garden that that spot down by the street is pollution city and you know all the dust and all the heat and everything else and anytime that i have put annuals there it's been a challenge but it's it's kind of like anything else I, I couldn't play the piano when I first started, but after a few weeks, I could bang out two or three things. So now I, I know how to grow in that particular little area. I'm better at it than I was before. <laughs> Thank goodness. They they do just say summer, though. You know, zinnias have that all that verve in them. That's why they're probably the most popular cut flower at farmers markets. I, I don't know. I don't care whether you're selling them one color in a bouquet or whether you're selling them in a mix with other things. Florists don't use zinnias all that much because they tend to have kind of mushy stems and they can have a, a bit of a problem fouling the water with other things in it. But by themselves as a bouquet, they're beautiful, and I find that they're just as fine with other flowers in a bouquet as long as you're remembering to change the water. 
which is one of the things that we like to do to try and keep those flowers going. Flower preservative helps a little bit, but just as much it has to do with changing that water and sometimes making a recut on the stems. Okay, Trey. Good morning. I sent Trey a cartoon today. Had to go backwards, you know. But oh my goodness! You beat him to the punch. He, he's eating. He's eating the ambrosia melons today. We're, we're, uh, that's just beautiful. And more tomatoes. <laughs> I want to know, Trey, how many jars of sauce is this? No, I'm, I'm jealous. I mean, I, I didn't even get three of those. He's, he's got a me table either. full. Yeah, me either. I, I ended up with about six real tomatoes, big tomatoes, and all the cherries in the world, of course, and the little white currants. Those have been good, but these are pretty. He he knows what he's doing. I also found something that y'all may have seen and may not have. I'm growing the beans that I already picked because they began blooming again and setting a little bit of fruit so that I could save some seed. Um, this is the Thompson, uh, I can't remember the full name of it. Anyway, it's one that was given to me. So I'm going to try and keep some seed. Well, I have a pest that usually I don't have beans that are that full in leaf at this time, so I have a pest that I've not had before. It's a bean leaf roller. If you look at your beans, and, and you, you want to do this if you've got a pea patch, you know, that you've just planted, or if you've got something like me, like you're trying to save some seed from some older plants, the, the leaves will be turned in a corner, and you'll think, what did that? Because it's very neatly cornered and turned. Well, you pull it back, and what you find, of course, is a tiny little larva of one of the skipper butterflies, who is the bean leaf roller's mother, and will absolutely destroy your plants. Now, the good news is she's not real prolific. So because we're talking sustainable here, I'm going to tell you, pick those leaves off and wait a couple of days. If you see a whole bunch of yellow egg clusters on the bottom of other leaves, take those off. And at that point, you may want to, if you have a big problem, you may want to dust with spinosad, something to, to take care of the problem in the long term. But usually it's just a few of them. And they're kind of an indicator really for us that things are changing a bit. It's not that we haven't had them before, but we used to have them more in South Florida. And, you know, like gripe weed and so many other things, they just keep pushing north a little bit as they can survive longer. Usually we think of bean leaf rollers as you know, zone nine, maybe eight B, and now they're they're clearly in zone eight at my place. So if you see them, I don't care whether you're walking the garden or sending a drone out there. Go go ahead and look. Make sure you're not missing them. Okay. Oh my goodness, this is great. We've really started something now. Hey Jeff, this is great. Jeff's got a basket overflowing with the tomatoes that Lance and I can't grow. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And that sunflower, he's he's one up in tray. He's bringing on the sunflower. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I like a little, you know, there's a famous, and I think it was in the New Yorker. I don't really know, but it's a famous cartoon with the first panel is, I just love my garden. I like to play in it, you know, and this woman's out there pulling weeds. And the next panel shows the neighbor's garden that doesn't look as good. And she says, and it looks so much better than theirs. <laughs> Oh, no, this is not a competition. Oh, yes, it is. 
<laughs> well, I will say, you know, we, we get such great pictures, and, and the listeners are great at doing that. And what I'm learning a little bit more, and Will's teaching me, and, you know, he's he's Dr. Jellyfinger in octopus <laughs> hands. I mean, he can do anything here. That, All at once. I need eight arms to do what Will right. does. So I, right. I was learning from him the other day watching and uh, seeing how he uses VMix, the video side. So trying to learn more about how to implement, you know, our pictures that we're getting into our video feed. Oh, fun. So that hopefully in the near future we'll be able to display. It won't just be it us describing be us what disc- we're looking at. Illustrating. Yeah, that would really but, be yeah, cool. So we're working on that, guys. But please keep sending the pictures because they're great. And we all we like a little friendly competition. Nellie and I Always. have a little friendly competition going at times. So. Yeah, it, it absolutely the And I will say the zucchini was delicious, but there was only one. And then the vines blighted. So I think you won. <laughs> I got the first one, but I'm not going to have any more. So, oh, well. That's why you grow something you've never grown before. Such is life, huh? Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. Mean. That's right. <laughs> I know that there are a lot of folks that are starting to really have a good grasp of what it is they do want to grow. And I was I realized the other day that I am I still have these three Laura Petalum that I have told the saga of which froze four years ago, and I finally transplanted them because they didn't ever get right where they were. And then they began to get right. Then they froze again. I decided this week I don't like them. (laughs) I think I'm going to yank them out of the bed. I don't know what will be there then. But we have that kind of power as gardeners. We can decide, I don't like that. I'm tired of looking at them. Tired of waiting for them. Oh, that's lovely. Tom's in Ocean Springs. This is just beautiful. Two to seven feet tall. These are Formosa lilies. They're beautiful. That's gorgeous. I'll tell you more about those in a little while. I, I have I have one or two that come up in a couple of places and if I don't if I don't mess up and string trim over them, they actually bloom. <laughs> Great plant. There's also one called the Houston lily that's a little bit bigger even than this in terms of its cup. More on this and that and the other thing. This is Weekend Gardening. Do not use gas appliances for purposes for which they are not intended. A gas oven should never be used for heating purposes. Never store flammable materials inside. The Mississippi Propane Gas Association takes pride in keeping your home or business protected. We ensure that our products are delivered in compliance with the highest industry safety standards to safeguard your family, your property, and the environment. Our dealers participate in the industry's best practices for propane usage and promote consumer safety education. Visit MSPropane.com. Energy for everyone. Propane. We are agriculture, the number one industry in Mississippi. We are 180,000 member families strong, a century of generations. We are grassroots Mississippi in all 82 counties. We are Unified, the largest general farm organization in Mississippi. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.com. We expect our information in real time. U.S. Med carries continuous glucose monitors. 
which provide real-time readings of blood glucose levels. U.S. Med is an approved provider for Medicare and over 500 private insurers. So call 800-730-8405 today for a free insurance and Medicare benefits check. As easy as, that's 800-730-8405. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream, the new degree of comfort. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to orchardretirement.com. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to Two Men and a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men and a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Thank you for putting weekend gardening in your ear today. It means a great deal to me. It means a great deal to the other gardeners who listen because if uh, if you're not listening, guess what? I won't be here very long. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it more than I can ever tell you. The other thing, of course, is that this does lead to my voice is distinctive, and I don't think there's a word for it, but there needs to be. It, it, that describes that you don't sound like you're from around here voice. 
Now, you could be from around exactly here. I'm, I'm from like two hours west of here, okay? I'm, I'm from this, this latitude, all these things. But it all has to do with your community. And, for example, my mother was an English teacher, so you can imagine that we were corrected a whole lot if we were not speaking properly in her opinion. Now, she also said that anyway anybody wants to talk is their business, but if you want everybody to understand you, we have to kind of talk the same. So that's what that was all about, and I, I appreciate it. We have that kind of rapport here, whether it's texting or phone calls, whether you all send me information during the week or participate here on the show. Y'all are really good. Y'all talk. Y'all tell the stories, and that gives me the opportunity to tell the stories to other people as well. For example... Right now, this very moment, Pam from Sardis is bragging, and she has every right to do so. I'm telling you, this is just beautiful. 51.4 pounds. That's right. It is the big Buford of the watermelon family. Her family grows these and saves the seed. They are black Spanish watermelons. Come on, y'all. Do this. You know you want your grandchildren to be able to say, Papa did this. Mima did that. Okay? You know you want to do these things, and I'm tickled. Now, because it's her daddy's seed, she'll tell you that she can't grow one as large as he did. Give yourself time. <laughs> you, you will. We, as, as parents, we all want our kids to outdo us, and you will. That's absolutely wonderful. Now, to the other end of the spectrum, okay, the absolute other end of the spectrum, Rich over in Kenwood, we talk about all the time about his, his luxurious, the tomatoes falling off of the poles and just everything in the world, grandchildren making pizzas, I mean, all these things. Well, he says that he lost all the tomatoes, zucchini, and beans during their three-day heat wave. It did not get below 85 degrees at night in Kentwood, all right? So he didn't tell me that. I know that. I pay attention to these things. So he's trying to start over. He's right on time. Now is the time to start over with all of it, whether you've grown it before or not. Now is the time. So I'm... I hate it, but I'm glad it's time. I'm glad it didn't happen next month when you wouldn't have been able to start tomatoes without, you know, a lot more trouble. So such a thing. And just for the listeners, if they don't remember, uh, Rich is the one that has the the tomato plant that grew is like a telephone pole height. Then he has to have a ladder to get to it. So Isn't that, that yeah, we, <laughs> that's the one we were talking about about a month ago. Yep. And, uh, man, I, I was, I'm still have dreams about that. I was <laughs> like, man, alive. I need to go, I need a heart rich. There's a, the, as long as the dream doesn't involve flashlights and nighttime, you know, <laughs> going to steal somebody's tomatoes. I think it's a safe bet. Now, on the other hand, at this time of year, of course, there's people putting up all sorts of stuff. So that's why I asked Trey how many gallons or whatever of sauce he's making. But he may be giving these out. Just He, he grows for a lot of groups and things. I'm going to have to check that out because I don't know. I'm not going to say it. I'm, I'll let you all decide that one. Thank you, Trey. <laughs> now, who knows from Elkhorn Coral? Elkhorn Coral is... Probably the one you first saw if you were a tourist uh, anywhere on the Gulf Coast. Um, Elkhorn coral has a real distinct form. It's beautiful. In reality, it's not the quite the colors that you may have been shown as a, a tourist. But over time, the El, the area, particularly the Florida Dry Tortugas National Park was a flourishing place for them, and it the conditions have changed. 
And unfortunately, that has changed their ability to survive. They are now critically endangered, and they're studying how to bring them back, and are we able to? And in fact, they are being able to bring them back in the dry tortugas. One of the things that they had to do, because it had was no longer theirs, to import zooplankton, because that's such a big food source. Now, there are thousands of things that, that live around a healthy coral reef, okay? So it's not just this these two critters that we're talking about. But when if we're able to bring back, as they say, we've got pockets now, but it is no longer the primary coral on the Florida and Caribbean reefs, and that is a gigantic loss. It's a big change because it changes everything. The good news is that this is a study. I love this. This is everything from the U.S. Geological Survey to the folks at Ohio State University to folks in the Florida dry tortugas, and the whole thing is in the Nature Communications Earth and Environment Journal, which tells you that it's something that's on a lot of people's minds. We are are in hopes that they're going to be able to bring back. You know, we've seen a few cases where the the corals had bleached out and they were able to shift either their food sources or the plants that were around them, the animals that were around them were able to shift enough to be able to bring them back a little bit. But we still have huge problems and our numbers are not good. That's part of why we're talking about this today. At the core of the work of trying to bring these this particular species back to where it needs to be to support the biome that it lives in, we have to really pay attention to the temperature of the water, how that affects their food sources, how all these things work together or don't. I wanted to just also let you know there are a couple of other uh, – Just there's so many – University of Alabama at, at Birmingham. Um, all, a whole bunch of researchers are working on this. It's not just a few folks in Florida that wish there was more coral. We understand, and these scientists understand, that we've got to figure out the coral problem in order to keep this warming ocean from really being a problem for a lot of species bigger than that. Okay, If we can fix it for the zooplankton and the coral, then we can move up the food chain. I, I've been watching the water temperatures off Key West as I'm sure many of you are, we're. It is hurricane season, and you know we we have to pay attention to these things. I'm really glad that I didn't invest in a vacation to Key West this year. <laughs> it would be too hot to go in the water, and it's so beautiful there. Oh my goodness! Anyway, all of that being said, there are a couple of things that I am planting right now. And I'm thinking I need to find out what y'all want me to get seed for. I'm going to do another seed distribution. I think I want to do blue cornflowers because we could plant them in August and September, just depending on what part of our our region we're in. And they'll bloom either around Christmas or else they'll stay in the ground and bloom in the springtime. It's a plant that I like very much myself, and I think maybe you would too. We're going to see if I can't get that get that going. I have to figure out whether or not that's a practical one. For example, I can send everybody beet seeds because we can all grow beets, but not everybody likes beets. Most everybody likes blue flowers, though, so I probably can do that. There's a there's a 17 year old cat living at my house. I just realized that this week. That's how old that cat is. Good heavens. 
I did. I don't, don't think I've ever had a seventeen-year-old cat before. That, that's ancient, and you know that you know it knows the ropes. I mean, <laughs> cats are smart. You know, I mean, if it's made at seventeen years, it's used up a bunch of those lives. Several of those have gone by the wayside. It knows that all the little true. spots and sneaky places to go, and the cat hangouts. You know, the cat life has got to be still gets trip. up at four o'clock in the morning. Well, and I wanted to circle back on uh, Trey and Grenada talking about Linda Kozlowski from Crocodile Dundee. Uh-huh. Are, you, that you, are you agreeing? Oh, I'm a huge crocodile dundee fan i even like the los angeles one you know the third one so you know no idea. if somebody has you know, if they've watched it as much as i and, and they can actually say linda kozlowski's voice sounds a lot in the you know pronunciation sounds a lot like yours she's from connecticut by the way um but yeah you're you one of the few places i've never been yeah i've never been to connecticut but, you know she was married actually uh, to the crocodile dundee paul hogan for like 24 oh, years no, I didn't know so yeah most every movie that he was in she was in and every movie she was in he was in, and their careers were basically, uh, you know, simultaneous. I, I have been told that my voice is a cure for insomnia. <laughs> I have been told that my voice, you know, doesn't offend anybody, and I've told I've been told that my voice is absolutely awful and raspy and nasty. I mean, I've heard all of it, and it's the same voice every time. It's just funny. <laughs> all right, Pam from Sardis says yes to blue cornflower, so I got one vote for that. Yes, good. I really like those. Oop, there. See now. Rich is never going to be long without his plants. He's already got zucchinis and tomatoes coming along. Good grief. That's wonderful. I'm telling you, road trip. Watch I, out. I know. That's what I – you took the words <laughs> out of out. my mouth. Watch out. Going on a road trip. <laughs> Ooh. I, I don't I, I don't have Ken Hackman on the line right now. But I will tell you he will be in here in the, in the fall. But I, I think he's – I think he's overseas right until school starts. But anyway – Lancaster University has put forth this study to tell us that male birds that are able to repeat song notes precisely, in other words, they can sing and carry a tune, have the best chance of attracting a female. (laughs) Who listened to all of this? Good grief. Now, what they have worked on, of course, it sheds new light on how bird song has evolved and why some birds do better than others when it comes to making more birds. They analyzed, they recorded first, and then they analyzed. This wasn't like they went and just pulled it off the shelf. They recorded and analyzed 7,000 songs of this one particular bird species. Good heavens. Now, these, this, 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 these, are, the, these are the beautiful wild blue tits. They, they do like blue birds and do here. They nest in boxes. So that does make it a little easier to record them. <laughs> Because they're coming to the area where they're going to nest. So the study's basically saying, like, if you're a male, you definitely need to be working on your shower voice you because it matters. It matters, okay. apparently, at least. Certainly in the bird world and probably everywhere. I I have to say that one of the best things about living in apartment houses with thin walls is that you get to hear people sing, and then you look at them, and you don't ever tell them how bad they were because they were four four rooms down the way. It's just too much. The, the vocal consistency also in this particular study increased over time so in other words as they practiced they got better and that's really what we what what the whole theme seems to be today is if you practice you get better why not i I think this is in nature yeah nature communications if you want to hear more about it but um the the one hit wonder isn't just isn't ever going to have the success that the others do now the what how did they prove all of this well they found that when the males sing different song types or, here we go again, introduced silent pauses between the songs. So you have to listen for that, too. The female will be less likely to 
skirt off and do something else, she'll hang around and hold her interest because he's singing different things. And also that silence part is something that we hear. So the the higher vocal consistencies end up with more eggs in the nest. And that, of course, is the whole point in this particular case. Pretty interesting stuff. I'm 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 glad I'm not a songbird. There's too many threats. Oh, by the way, y'all, I I think I lost the uh, I think I lost my swallowtail caterpillar. <laughs> I think the robin got him. <laughs> there were four in there the first day. Then there were two. Today there's not any. Somebody oh, got hungry. Somebody uh, somebody over there. And there's plenty of them over there. You know. Okay. There goes there goes the crepe myrtle story. Yes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Did you see all of this? Is this yours? Yes. Okay. Crepe myrtles are looking interesting. I have to say, not just the ones in these photographs, which we'll do a little bit more on a little bit later, but the, the, the whole crepe myrtle thing, I noticed this morning that there's actually two different flower colors in the ones outside here, and they were all blowing because the wind was breezing really nicely. And the ground is lovely with them, but it's not the right color. They're they're not what they were before. I think the cold weather gave them a little jolt. They're a different shade of pink than they were. Hmm, interesting. Now, as if we thought that we knew what was going on in, in birds and one thing and another... I don't, I don't even know how to tell this story, but I'm going to go ahead and do it because I only have like a minute and I can only tell that much of it. Cell Press has a report this month. The study documents exceptional male behavior in the animal kingdom. I, I, I don't, I just don't know how to say this. When the female spider mite is about to molt and become a bigger female spider mite, and thus be ready to begin to make more spider mites. The male spider mite helps her undress, takes the skin right off. And those are the ones that make the most spider mites. So now we got to find something to interrupt that. I keep trying to wonder why we have so much trouble controlling spider mites. They're all over one piece of my lantana again, which is about every third year they do that. But how do they do that? I don't know. Well, apparently... They're doing better than I'm, you know, that I, I could have imagined. I had no idea they were even still there. But the good news is, I think we just have the common ones. I don't think we have the really fancy spider mites here. Okay, Rich, we're going to talk some more about this stuff. Boy, that's beautiful. I so love Brussels sprouts. I'm sorry you don't like them. We're going to talk about crepe myrtles, and we're going to talk about some really beautiful sights coming in from Ripley today. Thank you for that, Dave. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Faster relief you can count on. Back for qualified first-time buyers. Welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and his wife, Jenny. Now, have you furnished your doghouse yet? Well, actually, sleeping bags work well. But the dog takes up most of the space. Well, at least he doesn't snore as loud as you. Sounds rough. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. 
Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. You know that nowadays more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizenkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clearer skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand, nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist-prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new X-Barn zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why x is the number one choice of landscape professionals. With sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an x zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, and your next trailer deal at Pinnacle Motors. Pinnacle Motors has trailers, and they are ready to give you a deal. Stop by Highway 471 at the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon for a great steal on a trailer deal at Pinnacle Motors. Of course, they have the car, truck, and SUV to put you in style as well as the summer sale continues at Pinnacle Motors. Check them out online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, and your next trailer deal awaits you at Pinnacle Motors. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. Each week, I meet with three people who graduated from our addiction recovery program. These graduates are now gainfully employed and are taking online college courses. Three people who used to be in prison or on drugs, and now they're going to college. How cool is that? One of the reasons God put you on this earth is to make a difference in someone else's life. You can be a part of that at Gateway Rescue Mission. Check us out at gatewaymission.org. We're going abroad for the first time in years to Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
for those of you that don't know, let me introduce you to Mr. Charlie Musselwhite of Kosciuszko, Mississippi. And the, and thereabouts, as they would say uh, in that part of the world, brilliant, brilliant musician and just a, a genuinely wonderful. He and his wife are two of the most wonderful people in the world. So if you don't know Charlie Musselwhite's music, go listen to some more. <laughs> this, is, this is your homework for today. Well, this is a really good question. I love when people say, I wish that I could listen more, but most of the time I'm bush hogging. <laughs> so I understand, but that's why we're on demand. You can always download episodes and basically just put me in your pocket and go anywhere you need to go to listen. It's we're, They're always there. Plus, we have a rebroadcast on Sundays. Yeah, you got the rebroadcast. You have the on-demand on the app. You can always go to supertalk.ms on your phone yeah. while you're bush hogging, put in an earpiece, and choose the station out of the station lineup. You know, If you're in the Jackson area, you may want to hit that one because those are the relevant advertisements that will be surrounding your area, or you can hit any of the network stations depending on where you are. I, I have a tendency... I lived in Oxford for 21 years, so a lot of times I'll tune into the Oxford station mm-hmm, during the mm-hmm. week just to hear some of my buddies. See what's going on. See what's going on up there. <laughs> but I love using the the, uh, the app's great. You know, it really is. But if you're really wanting to do multiple things at one time, the great thing about the website is you can let it play in the background while you may be doing something else on your mm-hmm, phone, like mm-hmm. searching emails or looking at other articles. And so I, I really like the online supertalk.ms and then just find the station and you can play it live like right now be out driving around on the side by side and put an earpiece in and i love it because it's to me the live you don't get that little bit of a delay so well, you're right and, there with and this, this is the time when i should tell you that as football season comes in and takes over saturday mornings we're still out here on the stream and that gets, that makes us available even when you might not remember we'll remind you all we will on. remind <laughs> you that's right I, I have a little fun on saturdays with football and friday nights and I get to hang out with you guys. So, and you never want to get bumped, but hey, we do have the opportunity to hear us and see us, even when there are it's, the interruptions out there. There's a multi- multitude of ways. There, um, someone recently said to me, I didn't know how to get in touch with you. And I thought, are you living under a rock? You know, between radio and social media, I'm pretty hard to avoid if you just look in one or two of the right places. So thank you very much, for, by the way, for looking for me. Um, Kathleen, I appreciate that. Crepe myrtles. This is an interesting thing. Anyway, now that we've told Lance how he can listen when he's not, um, when he's bush hogging or when he's not, this is a beautiful place. I really have to tell you, there's some gorgeous things that you could do with this. He wanted some success, did not have such success with azaleas underneath these pine trees because of a drought problem. And that, that is a different issue because it, when it's dry, even under the pines, it's drier. So I can understand why that part didn't work too well. But what we're talking about today are his crepe myrtles. He had pruned them and then they froze. And so now they have basically come up from the base with a lot of wimpy stems. And the good news is those all have the potential to be nice trunks like your other ones. So, yes, you're going to take out the things that are not that don't have any leaves on them. Certainly, in the case of the one that's got blooms way up in the in the top, but it's more the growth is at the base. If you can't find anything to balance it, it looks to me like you're going to have two pretty strong trunks on that one. But the point is that you need two or three to hold up a multi-branch, so you're going to pick one of these other ones and encourage it. So at this point, I'm going to leave the others there, but when we get to winter, you're going to want to select the ones that you actually want to leave. You can cut off anything now that you know you're not going to need 
for example, there's at least 12 different stems here. Certainly a couple of them can go. And at that point, then you're beginning to regrow the tree. Again, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to because it's your plant. You can leave it. You can cut them all, cut off all the really hard wood part now, and it'll make a bush. It'll make a crepe myrtle bush, which will bloom in a couple of years. But if you want to bring it back to a tree form, you can do that too. It, it's not impossible at all. Well, in, in a, you know, an addendum to this, uh, he has a great name, Lance. So I, they, I, I very, noticed that. Yeah, that's awesome. And two, <laughs> I, I bush hog for fishing. You know, so that lake you have, if you need any help bush hogging, oh, yeah, I will be yeah, happy to willing. do the bush hogging if you let me fish in that Come lake. Come over there and fish. It's oh, beautiful. Man, beautiful. It's just it? gorgeous. And I like the pier, too. So <laughs> that's me my my fun part you go fishing i'm gonna sit on the pier so <laughs> stare at things take pictures oh my goodness really really pretty as far as what to put into this space i have to tell you I, i'm kind of like i like it just like it is I, I love a pine grove i might go to the edge of it not the edge by the water but the edge up probably closer to the property come in with some things that you could provide some water for perhaps when necessary but things that are native and that are a little bit better acclimated, I, I think immediately of oak leaf hydrangea. Oak leaf hydrangea is not going to be a drought-tolerant plant, but it does have a better attitude about living around pine trees than perhaps some of the other azaleas did that you had. Check that out and see if you think that that might work for you. Um, but I really appreciate seeing all this. It's just just beautiful. Crape myrtles are such an interesting tree. I I have a I do a couple of programs about crepe myrtles, um, and one of them is what does she really want, you know, because we do so many torturous things to these plants. But I I went to university with a guy who developed the hanging basket type of of crepe myrtle, and they're they're lovely. Granted, they're – I don't think I'm going to ever have one um, because it's just – there's so many crepe myrtles where I am. But if I was where I couldn't find one, couldn't have one, it was too cold or any of those things, what a great opportunity for a hanging plant. They are just beautiful. Well, I tell you what, Rich may have lost some stuff, but he hadn't lost everything. The the strawberries are just beautiful. They're in a greenhouse. He does use he does air condition that, y'all. So don't don't get don't don't start thinking that he's a genius. But he is in that. Yeah, but you have to pay for that too. Okay, so the he's been growing these for several years in that particular environment, and it's just beautiful. He's picking those now. He's also picking corn, heading out to the food pantry with that. That's Rich in Kentwood. We well, appreciate hearing all that. I, I'm not sure what you call a truck full of corn. It can't be a cord of corn, but it looks <laughs> that is a truckload like of corn it's, there. It's a large truckload. wonder what the what is the collective noun for corn. I don't know. Hmm. Somebody will now tell us, I'm sure. <laughs> Chris is in Boonville. Oh, that's nice. Very, very sweet. Um, I love to hear this. This is the kind of thing that really quite frankly is what happens in this part of the world nobody understands it if they don't come and visit with us and get it but when they do they understand we bought our first home this year it was devoid of any plants besides the grass in the yard we have been blessed by friends and family and have been given hundreds of beautiful plants here's a picture of the bouquet from this week and it's just beautiful just gorgeous gladiolas 
zinnias of two or three different kinds and ferns. It's just really lovely. Really, really pretty. Well, and a thoughtful gift on top of that, too. You know, a new home. Yes. You know, warm it up, get you some colors in there. Yes. And th- that's a thoughtful gift. And then on top of that, you get to grow something, too. You get to watch it sprout. And it's like living in the home, you know. It's, and, yes, I'm afraid that they've pinned me. I don't want this on a T-shirt. But Crazy Plant Lady does kind of fit. There's... um there, there, there's not too much I can tell you about what I'm going to do this fall, but I am going to tell you that I'm going to need some more shelves and hooks. I'm running out of plant space inside, and I'm not going to get the greenhouse recovered and set up and all that. That's not going to happen. So I think I'm thinking I'm going to have to do a little bit more shelving. Hmm, something to think about. Guess what though. I like the idea. Let's plant some more squash. Come on, Rich. Let's talk about it. Now, we're going to get out of here and come back in just a little bit because this is weekend gardening. job keeping a whole planet fed. More American producers are turning to the fuel that gives them the power to do it. Propane. With lower costs, cleaner emissions, and greater reliability, propane can do more around your operation better than any other fuel. And with an abundant supply made right here in the U.S., you're helping America stay energy independent. We've got a world to feed, so let's get to work in a clean energy revolution. Energy for everyone. Propane. For more information, visit MSPropane.com. We are advocacy, a century of wins, protecting private property rights, advancing technology, sustaining our land, conserving our natural resources, all to pass on to the next generation. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. All college football fans for the event of the summer at Trustmark Park. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, and Jackson State's 2023 custom football equipment tractor trailers will be unveiled to the public by KLLM on Thursday, July 27th at the M Braves baseball game. Take pictures with the trucks and climb up in the cab. Cheerleaders and mascots from your favorite team will be there. The event is from 5 to 7 p.m. on July 27th at Trustmark Park for the college football event of the summer. We expect our information in real time. U.S. Med carries continuous glucose monitors, which provide real-time readings of blood glucose levels. U.S. Med is an approved provider for Medicare and over 500 private insurers. So call 800-730-8405 today for a free insurance and Medicare benefits check. As easy as... That's 800-730-8405. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. It's Alyssa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Flugstad and Madison officials are attempting to claim a four-square-mile section of land that lies between the two cities. 
Walter Morrison IV, the mayor of Gluckstadt, explained that the city has experienced a lot of growth over the past two years. I think that there is an opportunity there for us to influence the way in which it's developed over the next many years. And so that we don't run into many of the problems that we are running into now with regard to the manner in which our city was developed before we became a city. Morrison added that the city is hoping to use the land for further residential and commercial development. We now have the opportunity to influence development, and we have done that since we've become a city. And I would suggest to you that we've done it the right way and that there has been a real improvement in the way in which our city has been developed since we took it over. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. 95. Here's how to Welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and Jenny. So what's next with your doghouse? Well, we're going to put on an addition. We've got a litter on the way. And I don't know where we're going to put all of them. Be careful, Bob. You're already in hot water for not calling 811. You don't want to get busted for littering. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Bank of America has been ordered to pay $250 million in fines and customer compensation for deceptive practices. A federal regulator found the bank withheld credit card rewards, illegally double-dipped on fees, and opened accounts without consent. Gordon Fellows, the president of the Mississippi Bankers Association, told us that Bank of America doesn't have a branch in Mississippi. We are really lucky that the largest institutions that do business in Mississippi are all local to Mississippi. And since these banks are local, they're tied to the communities they serve. A good example is his recent visit to Rolling Fork. At the Bank of Anguilla with uh, the local bankers there and Briggs Hobson, Senator Hobson, and we were talking about what was going on to um, help rebuild the community in Rolling Fork, and the bank was talking about how they've made over a million dollars and grants to small businesses to help them get back on their feet there. Like grants, not loans. Just here, here, take a million dollars. From Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. As college football season approaches, help you further understand what the two classifications of the NCAA are and how what the difference is. The FBS and the FCS. The FBS stands for Football Bowl Subdivision, and the FCS stands for the Football Championship Subdivision. It was originally known as Division One Two A from 1978 to 2005. The main difference between the FBS and the FCS is how the final champion is determined. The FBS has a four-team college football playoff for now, which will expand to 12 next year. And the FCS has a 2014 playoff for the NCAA Division I football championship, which North Dakota State has won the most of, and that's nine. The FCS can only have 63 players on scholarship, while the FBS can have 85. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi.
know that nowadays most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. But what if the online information about your business is incorrect or even worse, not very flattering? If your online presence isn't great, you may be losing customers. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's trusted and highly trained team is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Faster relief you can count on. Back for qualified first-time buyers. Welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and his wife, Jenny. Now, have you furnished your doghouse yet? Well, actually, sleeping bags work well. But the dog takes up most of the space. Well, at least he doesn't snore as loud as you. Sounds rough. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. The other season that's approaching very fast is high school football. In 2023, Mississippi High School Activities Association, the football season will look somewhat different as they have approved a seventh classification, and it will be implemented when the season starts in August. Some of the schools in 7A, which will be a total of 24, are Biloxi, Ocean Springs, Diabraville, Gulfport, Oxford, Starkville, Tupelo, Clinton, Germantown, Madison Central, Brandon, Oak Grove, Pearl, Northwest Rankin, and Meridian. The championship games will now be played over three days, November 30th, December 1st, and 2nd. The last two years have been played in Hattiesburg on the campus of the University of Southern Mississippi. This year, where the championship games will be played is yet to be determined. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, my goodness. This is so much fun. Y'all, y'all have got, y'all have figured this out today. You figured out what was going to make me laugh, and it just keeps it. For example, when is the best time to sow the Queen Anne's lace seeds that I've been stealing from the right-of-ways on the roads? <laughs> I don't think that counts as stealing. I believe you're allowed to liberate those without any problem. The good news is that, that they will reseed themselves as well into that whole area with great abandon. You can plant them if you if you want to plant them so that you transplant them to somewhere else. You want you can certainly start that as soon as you've got dry seed pods, but if you're going to sow them in place, I would rather see you wait a little bit later, maybe late September. They're sort of, they're not exactly a fall perennial, they're a spring perennial, and we usually plant them in the fall. But whenever I tell you to sow some seeds in the ground in the fall, I also am going to tell you to hold on to some of them just in case we have early freezes or late droughts or any of that other stuff. Then you got another round to start in the springtime. But it's okay to start Queen Anne's Lace. If you want them as plants, go ahead and start that now, and then you'll be planting them in the fall. If you're going to plant them in place, plant them in fall, and also save some seed for next year, too. That's really nice. I have to tell you that Dave and Ripley wins the uh, picturesque We Should Make a Postcard Award today. 
those crepe myrtles and knockout rows and that beautiful structure that ju- it's just beautiful y'all one of these days we'll be able to show it to you <laughs> the good news is we promise we're, we're working on it gonna try and get there but i also like to be able to just tell you about stuff too um sometimes sometimes it's sometimes it's just as as well you know just as just as good maybe maybe not but just as good Okay, we got a shock or a sheaf as a collective term for corn. Thank you, Trey. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm shocked, so I'm going to go with a shock that there's that much corn in that truck. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's wonderful news. Really beautiful. He's absolutely. I'm going to talk to you more about that certification at some point, Kent. Um, I'm, I'm interested in which process you're following. We have certified naturally grown, and we also have certified organic, and there are a couple of different pieces to both of those, but they're both very, very good things to find out about the place that you're growing stuff. And I'm a certified sweet corn eater, so <laughs> yeah, anytime, anywhere. That's it. That's, it. it. That's fun. Oh, this is nice. I realize what happens. Christy and Grenada is talking about the uh, wild blueberries. They saw the berries appear, and into May and June, they went to inspect the plants, and there was one or two ripe, and poof. Yeah, the the birds beat you to them. Or it could have been the deer. They will, too. They're, they're a very popular plant food in the wild for the critters that are there. We also have huckleberries in our state, which is another a relative of blueberries that are even more popular with wildlife. And we have dewberries, which are more popular with me, but that's a different story. I've had a you know one of these things where I I've been wanting to plant some blueberry bushes, but I'm kind of I feel like I'm baiting you know birds because I have these you know a killer cat on the loose in my yard. Oh dear! So I've that, kind that, of been there, there, there are people right now talking about you, and they don't even know you. As soon as you say that you have a cat in your garden, oh, my goodness. Now, I don't agree with all that. I think there's a place for everything and everybody because that's just kind of how I am anyway. But it it, it is something you, you don't want to put the bird feeder next to the blueberry bushes, for example, because then the cat hides under the blueberries, the birds come to the feeder or the blueberries, and it's an unfortunate setup, as you talk about. But I do think... That much in the same way that my dad got tired of the squirrels tearing up everything in his yard, so he put a squirrel feeder out on the far edge of the property. <laughs> you might you might put the blueberries one place and then make sure you're taking care of the birds on the other side, or like me, have one that's big enough so the birds can have the top. I can't reach that part anyway. So it's it's it, but they'll eat they'll eat every one. They're not as bad as the squirrels. They will eat them. The squirrels, of course, just pull them off the plant. You know, one thing that when Ken was here last time, we were, you know, we had a couple questions about bats. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I found it fascinating that he, you know, he said, hey, you know, put a bat house back off the back of the property, you Please. know, away from light and that kind of stuff. But how many mosquitoes those things eat in an hour yep. is amazing. And I, I'm curious, you know, if any of our listeners out there have taken, he did that advice and put out the bat houses and have seen that kind of result. Because, I mean, they, those things crush mosquitoes, yes, and they I, do. I've thought about doing that. Their numbers are tremendous. It, it's, it's amazing. Tremendous. And I do think, too, that in the better we can control things with something else that will control them, because we do have bats. If you've ever had, um, if, if you've ever had a relative call you and tell you that the the bats were not in her belfry, they were in the attic, then you know what I'm talking about. And it's not easy to get them out of the attic either. They're very happy there, so it's a problem. But if we give them bat houses, and it does, they do need to be, 
at the far edges and the, the, the breaches of things because they're going to be high flyers relative to they're not going to come down and want to get into your flower bed. So you have to put those houses up where they can be found. I will tw- tell you that I have a correspondent. He's And if he's listening today, <laughs> he and his wife have bad houses out by the reservoir. And apparently they have no need to buy fertilizer. So that was my next they, question. They collect everything. You, 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 know, you can collect the guano, use yeah. it as fertilizer, and, yeah. that, and that works, works well. It works out well. It, it's one of the very highest in nutrient anyway, you know. Oh, you got down on the ground, didn't you, Tom? That's so beautiful. He sent the Formosa lily picture, another one. Um, here's the thing. I don't the, – the seed, the reason they came up is because the seed of these things are like – Little bitty seed, not not T90, but but small seeds in a little paper wrapper, and when they come loose, they fly everywhere. They'll they'll fly on in fur. They'll you know I've seen them on my cats before when I had a whole bunch of these in one of my gardens, and it's so you can take them and plant them right now if you want to when they go to seed. You can also save the seed and plant them next spring. It's it's really they're very versatile. They're very easy to get along with. The only thing that's going to damage those seedlings, of course is if they come up and then they either get flooded or droughted before they can start growing. That's why you you don't have 10,000 of them there. You only have a few because these seeds travel in large masses for the, the Formosa lily, which is also called the Taiwanese lily or the Taiwan lily simply because of the politics of all of that. But it was discovered in the 19th century, and it is named Lilium Formosanum because it's named for that particular – that was – of course, that was a, a government that was there briefly. Anyway, I, I'm not I'm not going to get into the politics of all that because I don't know them well enough. But it's uh it's really just a beautiful, beautiful flower. It is, however, one that you kind of have to put up with because as soon as it starts coming up over here, it comes up over there, and you, you may or may not want all of that. May or may not. Oh, cool. Yep. 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 Inspected randomly. Okay, well, I'm going to worry on that. I, I, um, I appreciate all that. I wanted to know all that because I've been, I have a friend who is has uh, the natural certification. It, it's a, there's a lot of things to any kind of certification, and it costs a whole bunch, and it takes a lot of time. So I'm glad y'all are doing that. That's wonderful. Really, really wonderful. Our global insect numbers are are. Always uh, higher than we, you and I would like, particularly the ones that are the trying to eat all of our food and all of our flowers. But the University of Melbourne is telling us, <laughs> as a side benefit to air pollution, <clears throat> yeah, right, like there's side benefits to air But anyway, those particles may be the cause of a dramatic drop in global insect numbers. Now, that sounds really good if we're talking mosquitoes. Not so good if we're talking ladybugs. All right. So that's the, that's the problem with any of these things that we try to make up something that's good coming out of a bad situation. We don't have enough pollinators, for example, in the tropics anyway, the way the system is set up, because if we did, you wouldn't be able to ever walk or, or get through a, a space in the tropics. There'd be so many plants. But because we don't have as many pollinators as we have plants that need pollinating in the tropics, they, they, they strike a balance. Okay. And if air pollution undoes that, then we will. If we see dramatic drops in those particular insects, then it affects everything else. And one of those famous ripples that we always talk about. What they did um, working on, however, were house flies, and I appreciate that their numbers are dwindled in pollution. Not that I want pollution, I don't. But you know, there's good and there's bad to almost anything like that. 
Trey says to put the bathhouses at least 15 feet high and facing east on the gable end of the house. So, like, outside my attic would be a good place. Why not? Oh, my goodness. These are pretty, though. Um, Andrea's in, Andrea's in Madison. I, I'm looking at these plants that really could be outside, and I know you're growing them inside because you have to right at this particular time. The the suggestion has been to add a humidifier to the area. That won't hurt. Um, in my case, where I'm when I'm trying to hold on to low plants like this, to plants like this, I would put them in lower light, and I would also get gravel and put it into all of their saucers and set them on top of it. So then you can, without having to overwater the plants, you can mist the saucers. You can set up a humidifier too. That will help. More plants with more leaves. For example, if you have a chefalera that you can stick into the middle of all of these that would have more leaves on it at this particular time, that also helps with increasing the humidity around the plants. It, it's, it's absolutely true that we don't grow as deeper roots when we have high humidity, but oftentimes in a container garden, we don't really need deeper roots. What we need is more top growth, and you can get that with, I think, with the, the process of adding a plant to the area. You've got that fiddle leaf fig back there and you've got uh, some of these other things that are lovely plants but they are curling because they are they're having a lack of humidity and i don't think you can fix that just with sprays you know with with misting them i think you need to put the gravel in their saucers and probably add a, a humidifier if you if you can find one sometimes there are some and sometimes there aren't oh my goodness this is great this is wonderful no, I wouldn't do anything to it right now. This is the remember we talked about the fig tree that that croaked and grew back. Well, it's beautiful. So I'm telling you, I would not, Donald. I wouldn't cut it right now. I would in in January. You may decide to take the top piece out of it, but go ahead and let it grow because some of these side ones may get taller by then. And it would be taking out the center would be the point to get more sunlight into the plant. But I don't want you to do that now. I don't want to damage it or or, or disrupt this growth it's putting on because it's beautiful. Looks- yeah, that's looking great. Mine's, <laughs> mine's about half of that. I had the long, uh, the one tree, and then it looked like it was damaged. I, I've been, you know, loving on it and rehabbing it. And, and it's really put it's about two feet of growth at the bottom coming out of the actual mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, bottom of the of the fig See, tree. y'all are all doing better than me. Mine's still coming out the side of what's left. But it's, it's not uh, going to be pretty. <laughs> but I've been worried about the heat, but it seems lately it is, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to keep it cooler and it's yes. really, really put on some beautiful dark green, thicker leaves than the earlier ones that were, they seemed a little brittle. You know, they were dropping yes. and all of a sudden, I don't know what I did. I fertilized it a little bit. but That doesn't hurt. Didn't hurt, but it, it, it's really taken a life of its own. So I'm hoping mine looks like that. Well, of <laughs> all things, Of all the plants that we try to grow, figs really do put up with warmer nights better than a lot of the other plants that we like so much. Uh, One of the things I was thinking about in looking at that beautiful pine grove and and plants that might go underneath it, there's obviously there's a place there for, for ferns, there's a place there for all kinds of things, but without water, the pine trees are always going to win. And so that's the, the issue in that particular setting. Good news is it's so beautiful with pine straw under it. I don't, I don't really think it needs any accompaniment myself. I know that we talk here from time to time about the difficulties that turtles have surviving. And good heavens, 
I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan, as you all know, of the tags that we put on, for example, picky green sea turtles, or in this case, green sea turtles of any sort, but these are very picky. We, we put a tag on there so we can follow what's happening. We can understand if there's a, a threat to their home or to their nesting place or to where they feed or to the migration channels themselves. You know, we, we keep up with these things because we don't want to intentionally or unintentionally do damage to the species that we share the earth with. About 3,000 years, though, the green sea turtles have returned to the same seagrass meadow to eat. That, my friends, is a little bit more than I'm willing to do. I, I like, I have favorite restaurants, you know, I have favorite places I like to go. But 3,000 years? Good heavens. Um, Willem de Kock, a historical ecologist, I'll tell you that because I did not know there was such a thing. He is at the University of Groningen and has combined modern data with archaeology. This is a guy after our next series of movies. Come on, face it. If we can put the tech into the Indiana Jones, we'll have the whole world right there at our feet. There are specific breeding places. There are specific nesting places. There are very specific eating places also, however, for this particular thing. This is the coasts of North Africa, and the fact that it stretches over many generations has just been discovered. The importance of maintaining these seagrass meadows as we attempt to maintain the green sea turtles is is pretty obvious. But at the same time, understanding what that what these things have been eating and how long they've been eating it, and the fact that they all go to the same restaurant is just amazing. Just really something. Carbon doesn't change when it's digested, so they were able to when when they find bones of the turtles, they're in the space there. They're able to determine what they ate, and it all turns to be the same thing. Good heavens! Well, we do work on the protection of the turtle babies. We've seen that here as well, so we better watch out for the feeding places and take good care of those as well. I guess we can do all of that huh? with drones and satellite data. We can look at all of it and see what, how it was and whether it's staying or getting better. I don't know. Interesting stuff. From Harvest Barn Church. Hey, y'all. This is uh, two figs in 12-inch pots. Should I repot them or go ahead and put them in the ground because I'm new to growing figs? If there's roots coming out the bottom of the pot, you will want to at least consider either repotting them or putting them in the ground. But if you put them in the ground now, you're going to have to water them every day. The best time to plant them is going to be after their leaves fall off in the late autumn. So if you if you have the opportunity to wait and they're not sending their roots out the bottom of the pot telling you that they're crowded and you know are going to be in worse shape in six months, I, w- I would wait as long as even to the end of the year if it takes that long for the weather to take their leaves down and give you a nice pleasant part of the year to plant in we would always rather transplant from containers to the ground sometime between usually late september and about oh you know may at least because we want to be able to get the water to them if you're digging things up though and and moving them from one place to the other do that between november and february so the figs give you a little bit more room because they're easy to get along with okay okay Oh, LSU Purple, one of my favorites. I'm glad you Those are delicious, too, by the way. All right, now, I'll get out of the way. You Van fans always get on me when I talk too long. This is Weekend Gardening. Yes, you
Nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Give your customers a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. We're going abroad for the first time in years to Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at MyElementWealth.com. Calling all college football fans for the event of the summer at Trustmark Park. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, and Jackson State's 2023 custom football equipment tractor trailers will be unveiled to the public by KLLM on Thursday, July 27th at the M Braves baseball game. Take pictures with the trucks and climb up in the cab. Cheerleaders and mascots from your favorite team will be there. The event is from 5 to 7 p.m. on July 27th at Trustmark Park for the college football event of the summer. If recent hailstorms have invited lurk the leak into your home, call the experts at Watkins Construction and Roofing to find out what is lurking in your roof. Our rapid response roof team will be on top of your roof as soon as the next business day with a complimentary, honest assessment of your roof's condition and offer solutions to keep your home and family safe. Say goodbye, lurk the leak. Call Watkins Construction and Roofing today at 601-966-8233 or visit LoseTheLeak.com. What do you have to lose but your leak? For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand, nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic and psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. 
Yes, indeed. Bonnie and Delaney, for those of you who don't know that one. I get the funniest emails. What was that that you played at 940? I don't know. (laughs) But I'll try to tell you occasionally here. How about that? That might help a little bit. Oh, little news about Florida, y'all. Oh, my goodness. Let me answer this actual good question first. Is it too late to prune, too late to fertilize, rather, crepe myrtles that were planted in uh, last winter? Well, here's the deal. Anytime you're trying to get that crepe myrtle to actually put on growth, put on new bright green leaves, maybe strengthen its trunks or stems if it's a young plant a little bit, yes, you can certainly do that in July with a fertilizing. Don't go any later, but July is fine. And, yes, you can go ahead and do that. I'm, I'm In fact, I'm, in a, I'm a fan of it. Maybe the first three years that that a tree is there, or if you just didn't ever fertilize it at all, summer's an okay time to do that. No problem. The other variety, I think there was a brown turkey in there, LSU purple and brown turkey maybe. Yeah, those are good, really good variety choices. You're going to be very happy with that, I really believe. Well, Florida Atlantic University is letting us know some things that Well, I hope don't apply to the dead zone in the Gulf. Let's just put it that way. The study compares the water quality. There there have been some fertilizer bans to reduce. The hope was that that water quality would improve as they lowered the nitrogen load that was allowed to be discharged into the Indian River Lagoon. Okay. Well, turns out it didn't really make much difference because it wasn't fertilizer. It was human waste that was getting in there. So they now they have to now they really have a problem because all the systems seem to be in place to make everything work appropriately, and in fact it wasn't. So therefore, the current nitrogen loading estimates represent a 21 percent contribution from residential fertilizers, but the rest 79 percent from the septic systems. That's a lot of work they're going to have to do. I'm sorry they didn't figure it out sooner. Now. It's true that that's not, it's not, they're not the only ones, but this is the biggest study, the pre-ban levels versus the post-ban of getting the nitrogen down to a manageable level didn't help them as much as they expected that it would. This was done um, part by the Save Our Seas specialty license plate used there. They they worked um, with one of their, couple of different oceanographic institutions there in Florida to pay for this project and They found out stuff that they needed to know, but sometimes what you find out isn't what you were hoping for. Everybody was, of course, hoping, oh, well, good, the nitrogen levels will be less and the algae bloom will be gone and all that. Well, nope, not going to work. Allen's in Batesville, is it too late to plant pumpkins? Hurry up. We would like you to have planted them two or three weeks ago, but if you have got a nice, well-built mound, you know, a hill in your garden, and you can put some water to it with fertilizer in it all the time, don't pick the biggest pumpkin variety that there is, and you will more than likely be able to get it by Halloween. Maybe close, but the the really big ones like Connecticut Giant and those the really huge pumpkins take 
more than 100 days to make from seed, from, from when they sprout, okay, to when they can be picked. They're, as they get smaller, they take a little bit less time. The ornamental pumpkins that you buy, and they're sort of different colors, and you might decorate the table with them, are maybe 65 or 70 days. The Cinderella's that are for really good pie making take about 80 or so, maybe maybe 90, depending on the, the season. But what you have to be able to do is get water and fertilizer to those vines because they have got to grow every minute in order to make a pumpkin at all, but certainly with late planting. Interestingly enough, somehow I knew that this was going to be next with with Rich. They're 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 working on farm to table and I can, oh that's just great wonderful wonderful stuff. Yeah, keep us informed on that. Yeah, I, I'll we, we be will. happy to make the we'll, short we'll, drive. We'll, we'll be more than happy. <laughs> yeah. to come to your restaurant. Yes, and not for free either. I'll oh pay. no, no, yeah, no, I want to no. get I want to get in there and uh, enjoy this. Well, and the truth of the matter is, if you don't know what you're talking about, you don't know what you're talking about. So that's that's really the good news is when you go see it yourself, we get to know. Um, <laughs> I love that. This is again. This is from the Harvest Barn Church about the figs. I'm not trusting the internet because they said two years before you'll get a fruit. Well, I just ate two on the on the tree. It's still got the label on it. Okay, this is still in the container. That's true. And I would not have a job if you could believe everything that the internet told you about gardening. I, nobody would buy my books. Nobody would buy this time on the radio. We would not be here. So thank you very, very much. Oh, my goodness. How do you know when? Rhett, you're too busy. That's fun. How do you know when the watermelon has done all it can do? The The part up by the stem will begin, it doesn't actually shrivel when it's ripe, but it will be a slightly, you'll see it change. It won't be the same green. It'll be a little bit paler than it was a few days before, and it just begins to shrink back a little bit from the watermelon itself. And then, of course, you can thump it, and you'll hear it. It will be, it'll ring rather than being a dull thud. And at that point, you know, you can go ahead and pick it. I know more about that than I should, too. (laughs) When you grow, when you, you really don't have to grow a lot, but if you grow, you know, and that's that's absolutely that's absolutely the truth. Here's something I did not know: I had no idea that all those plastic bottles were finally going to turn into something that I could not worry about. Yep, that's right. I'm not the only person apparently that feels like we're going to have the movie Waterworld, but it's all going to be all the structures out in the ocean are going to be built out of plastic bottles that have floated from somewhere. You know it's true. Well, for years this has been a big problem because they don't they don't they don't dissolve in landfills, they don't decompose. They 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 now have maybe an opportunity to help that very landfill, okay? By providing stabilizing structures because the plastic doesn't Go anywhere. I love that. It, it reminds me very much of the wonderful project that the students brought to show me where they had taken the cafeteria trays. The food was not cooked at their school. It came in on, on trays that were of cellulose material, and they were able to turn them into garden path bricks, you know, um, stepping stones, and I think also a piece of, a, of, of another piece of a path things to put thing, other things on top of. It was really a beautiful project, and it's just that same kind of thing, that same sort of deal. But the plastic bo- plastic bottles are not going away, and I'm, I'm afraid I'm responsible for more than I would like to be. 
Oh, Dave and Ripley. My goodness. You, you're just trying to make me crazy this morning because these are absolutely beautiful. These are the gigantic galvanized going to be raised beds next year. I like a person that thinks ahead. My goodness. Well, in the organization, too. You know, <laughs> really buddy is, I'm telling you, it? if I had Buddy looking at this, he's going to go, he he drew this out. He had a plan. See, that's right. He stuck that's to right. it, and everything looks so clean and neat. And you now know, he wants amazing. to talk about how to uh, fill it. They're four feet wide and eight feet long. That's perfect for me because I can reach two feet in from the side <laughs> sitting down. So that works out great. Here's the thing. When you build a raised bed of any sort, you want to use some of your native soil, but not all of it. You don't want to hold, you don't want to go dig some up over yonder and fill the thing up with it. You don't want to do that. What you want to do is dig a shovel's depth of the soil that you have in whatever it is. Doesn't matter if it's good soil, sandy soil, clay, whatever it is. Do, turn that over. Then on top of that, you're going to come in with organic matters of a v- variety of sources. You might use gin trash that's been composted. You might have a tree that you cut down a couple of years ago and you got that pile that is also composted. You might bring in even hay and you might bring in ground barks. You might bring in composts. You might, you know, you're going to bring in a bunch of different organic matters. Till them all together for the first time. I realize, yes, you could make layers, but that's going to take longer to grow. And I want Dave to have stuff next spring immediately when he starts planting. So we're going to work all that together. Then we're going to come in with uh, with lime because we've put in so many things that are acidic in, in all the organic matters. Uh, garden lime really does turn out to just be like we used to put sugar on cereal, but we don't anymore. <laughs> you know, nice, co- completely cover the top, but don't you don't have to put a whole lot into an individual spot. And you could do the same thing with some fertilizer, or you can come back as you plant and add fertilizer that way. What you're doing at that point is encouraging all of the micro life to get busy, and the fertilizer will help them do that. So that that and the lime are the two things to really work on very, very well. These are just gorgeous. I like it. It's really pretty. You're going to have a great new garden. That's wonderful. <laughs> Y'all, they're trying, to, they're trying to turn this into an after-dinner comedy show, and I'm not that good. But we have at least one person who has decided that he wants us to know that as far as when the watermelons are ripe, you just wait till the neighbor goes on vacation. <clears throat> okay. Come on, y'all. That's funny. Oh, that's pretty. You've got, you have a beautiful stand of what is called Madagascar periwinkle. Um, it has other names too, but that's really pretty. That's lovely. But they're, those are, those are, they're periwinkles, but they're Madagascar periwinkles. And yes, they will recede in, in, in happy places like yours. That's beautiful. Just lovely. I don't know if I don't know if everybody grows periwinkles anymore, but they they should. I like them. I like I like vincas. I like all these things these are what I call the um they're really they're just basically flat flowers with four petals and there's so much color, so much fragrance and so much nectar in those kind of flowers because it's wide open. You know, the the critter that's coming along to get our opportunity to have something to eat there is going to find plenty that's just beautiful really nice thanks for showing me that yeah we can only hope i'm i'm i have plastic bottles all over the place <clears throat> y'all know i still don't actually use the tap water at my house even though my water bill just went up but i won't complain about that too much today try and try and get a grip on that in a week or two 
I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to plant now. And when I say flowers, I do mean zinnias, but I also mean celosia from seed. And go ahead with another round. Why not put in some uh, more of the amaranth, some more of the things that we love to plant in the spring for the summer, but we can also plant in the summer for the fall. And it makes a beautiful show. It also, because I'm trying so hard to have something in bloom in October for the Bottle Tree Garden Tour in my neighborhood, I'm hoping they're all going to be blooming and y'all think I'm a genius, but it's really, it, it's just doing it and working it. And yes, being willing to get out and water all the time. And I did buy a new sprinkler, so <laughs> that's good. Oh my goodness. Oh, James, you're not going to like this answer because it's no. The weeds and vines are growing on the azalea. Is there anything I can spray on them? Not while they're on the azalea. When you cut them off and pull them up out of the ground and they come back up again, that brand new fresh little leaf is a whole lot more vulnerable to anything you would spray on it. And if you get down and paint it or spray it right close to the ground level where that first leaf is, you won't hurt the shrub. There's nothing that will take out the vines that will not also hurt the azalea. It's granted it probably wouldn't kill it, but it might. And it certainly would not, it would certainly would make it look not good. So. Don't don't do that to yourself. Um, give give the get the weeds out, pull them up, and then when they sprout back again, because they inevitably do that, that's the that's the growth that is the most vulnerable and can be sprayed or painted if you decide to do that. Okay, okay. Good question. Because Chris, what we've all got stuff growing in our azaleas and one thing and another. Um. Jim's in Oxford and has a tomato problem that I'm gonna have to um, blow up and crawl in the, in the plant, crawl into the photograph here to see what's on this plant. So I can't quite see it, but I will look at the break and tell you. Okay, that's I can do that. That part I can do. I had no idea that we were this far along um, in in, Mar- in the Mars research, but we've now found. Apparently, we found organic matter. Now that we found water, and now that we found organic matter. Is there a real reason that we're not there? I mean, shouldn't we already be there? Anyway, I I didn't know that that was going on, and we're in hopes of understanding more about its potential to support our kind of life, because if you have carbon and water, perhaps there's a there's a chance for that. I think that's really great. They these are aqueous processes, of course, because we're looking at the water there. But of course, looking at these kind of building blocks really makes so much sense if we're trying to figure out how we can use the property there, how we can use the land there to support the people that we presumably are going to have there. What do you think? You want to go to Mars? I don't I don't know if I want to go to Mars. I probably don't. I've read too much science fiction. <laughs> I'm too worried about what might happen. Hey y'all, is it raining out there yet? Hmm. Probably raining at your house and not mine. That's the way it goes around here, folks. Guess what? We're gonna enjoy it right here anyway. Now, don't go far, because we've got more to do. This is Weekend Gardening.
9495. Here's how to... Welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and Jenny. So what's next with your doghouse? Well, we're going to put on an addition. We've got a litter on the way. And I don't know where we're going to put all of them. Be careful, Bob. You're already in hot water for not calling 811. You don't want to get busted for littering. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. We expect our information in real time. U.S. Med carries continuous glucose monitors, which provide real-time readings of blood glucose levels. U.S. Med is an approved provider for Medicare and over 500 private insurers. So call 800-730-8405 today for a free insurance and Medicare benefits check. As easy as... That's 800 730 8405. Ace Bolton's crew would like to thank the Richland community for their warm welcome with their third Central Mississippi location now open on Highway 49. To say thanks, Ace Bolton's crew in Richland is giving you the opportunity to register to win a Yeti cooler, and with every purchase of $100 or more, you'll receive a free Spartan Mosquito Eradicator. Hurry in while supplies last. Ace Bolton's crew now with three convenient Jackson area locations to serve you. Pros know every successful job starts at Ace, bolt, and screw. Your pet isn't just a pet. They're part of your family. Most of the pet food on the market is cooked at high temperatures, which kills nutrients. A scoop of Dynavite is a three-in-one daily supplement, adding back key nutrients to your pup's health. Try Dynavite for free. Just pay shipping and handling. Learn more at D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com slash radio. That's Dynavite.com slash radio. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. 
Retired or retiring soon? How much money do you need to live comfortably? Retirement Planners of America is here for you. Would you like to have financial peace of mind? Here's how. Step one, find out the amount of money you'll need to retire. Step two, have a plan to get there. Step three, make sure that plan can take advantage of market gains but protect you from market losses. Discover how to do all three with a free consultation at 800-508-6108. That's 800-508-6108. All investments involve risk, including losses. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Indeed, you can cut back that butterfly bush and the pineapple sage because they're all leggy with tall limbs. That's what we really should do at this time of year. I don't care if it's a perennial hibiscus or a perennial salvia or any of these things that have already bloomed out but have the opportunity and potential to bloom again. Sure, we should trim them up a little bit. I like it. They'll, they will get fuller, Sandra, and they'll also um, be a little bit more likely to bloom again in the fall, both of those things. Lisa and Clara's got some beautiful plastic bottle irrigation systems going. I love that. Slow drip, you know. And it's the same sort of thing that I tell you to do for pumpkins. You've got to put some kind of slow drip, almost constant feed water and fertilizer to get those pumpkins to really do what you want them to do. And that includes gourds and loofah sponges and kushaws and, and, and the other big melons that we grow at the end of the year like this. Well, the picture is uh, what I was afraid of. It's either early blight or septoria leaf spot, maybe, which is much rarer. The thing about tomatoes and leaf spot is that, generally speaking, we have two things that happen. Either they start, the spots start at the bottom of the plant, in which case the material that infected them has probably washed up off the soil, which is why we try to take the leaves off the lower part of the tomato and also why we mulch around the plants once the soil has warmed up. But it's also true that if they're up in the center of the plant, it's a much more difficult situation because that's a a bigger leaf spot issue. The chances are better that it's the splashed kind because that's what we get so much more often. But just in case it's not the lower leaves, you'll know that I've, I've told you it might not be them. What you have to do is take off all of the blighted leaves, which may be up to a third of the plant. And it's not going to hurt the plant, I promise. I've got one right now that's full of cherry tomatoes that I keep taking the blight off. It's a variety I hadn't grown before. And if I had grown it before and it did this and I still wanted to grow the tomato, yes, I would have begun a fungicide program early in the plant's youth in order to inoculate it against these problems that happen later. There's not anything we can do about it once it shows up at this point except to remove it from the garden, make sure you don't compost those leaves, and, you know, don't don't. Try to give them more air, more space between the plants next year for a little better air spacing, and do the the um, absolutely do the the part about mulching and trying to keep those lower leaves picked off the plant is also more important than sometimes I believe we we don't make the point always. Um, our friends at in Picayune at the Harvest Barn Church say that it is. Um, still not raining there it's indeed still in sauna mode to which i responded at least we have fewer wrinkles and they agreed (laughs) (laughs) you know it's again it's another day that i'm glad i'm not in phoenix even though i have friends there i'm sorry oh it's really bad out there makes us look like 
the best place to be in a lot of ways. And there's that's not that's not seldom do I want to be in Phoenix rather than here. But I do like the West. I do like you know mountains and flowers and all that sort of stuff that happen out there that don't necessarily happen here. But I'd like to visit for about three days and not these three days. I don't know how those people are going to live if this is a continuing thing. How do you do that? I, I don't know. How do you grow what you need to eat? How do you even get the water that you need? I, mean, I just don't know. It's tough. Well, wasn't it like Monday was ranked the hottest day in the world in the last 120,000 years? Yes. That was yes. crazy. We broke a record here in Jackson for the nights above 80 degrees when, it, when the temperature did not get below 80. It was over 90 after 8.15 last night. So, yeah. <laughs> not normal. You know. This is not Something normal. Something you got to get used to around I guess here. So I guess it's our new normal, but uh, it is very different, very, very different in the sense that we used to count on being able to go to the coast for that afternoon and evening breeze, and I'm given to understand it's not so great there either. But okay, if you have a if you have a young person in your household or someone who's trying to get retrained for something, I would say that HVAC is probably the way to go. <laughs> Because as as the temperatures get warmer, more people are going to need that air conditioning. So I saw somebody trying to sell firewood the other day, and I almost laughed. You know, we've had so many storms, and there's so much wood down, and so many people are cutting things up. And there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful, you know, rack there all for sale. Who's going to buy that right now? Nobody even wants to think about it. And you know, you'll need it later, but we just can't put our minds on that yet. Here's something else I couldn't put my mind on, and I thought, well, now, is this how come, you know, da-da-da, think about all these different pieces of the puzzle. The color of the ocean is changing as it warms, which, if you think about it, makes a whole lot of sense, but it has changed significantly in the last 20 years. The global trend is, is towards sort of a greener than a bluer. And when when you go to places that are absolutely gorgeous, um, places where the, the water is the thing that you're there to look at, I wonder if it's going to affect tourism. I wonder if it you know if it's temperature reliant. What color is the water in Key West right now? Just interesting stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I really love it when they take a plant and and make a thing out of it. Now we've got the the most tender, the gentlest. The softest embracing robot is patterned. The gripper is patterned after a rose and the way the rose flower opens and closes. It's beautiful. I love, love, love this because it's it's obviously the organic form works or we, it wouldn't have done this for however many million years roses have been around. But it's it's much harder for a robot than it is for a human to learn how to do these things. And particularly when they need to position the fingers and there needs to be control of each digit. It's a very difficult process. So I'm happy to say that using the revolutionary, simple design, durable, low cost, and indeed, it's, it's a change. It is, um, it's a novel embracing soft gripper inspired by the blooming and then closing back up of those rose flowers. I think it's interesting that there is, um, that, that there is always a point in the rose where it centers from. And you don't think about that in a hand. If you're making a robotic hand, you would think it was going to work from the wrist or from the knuckles. But no, it's got to work from right there where the fingers all come together in order to grip that stuff and move it forward. I love that. I think that's so smart. Um, I particularly like that they didn't just go do that and then name it, you know, something else. That they actually gave credit where credit is due. (laughs) 
there are also opportunities for this particular one to have sensing capabilities, which is where it gets kind of creepy. I've probably that's a case another where we've all seen too much science fiction. But if it can tell where it needs to go in order to pick up the thing, that's another skill. And that sort of sensing is part of what they're looking at doing with Rose. They they put multiple cameras on top of the circular base and then worked at it that way so that they could look they'd been looking from the outside and then they began to look from the inside and they realized how much more power it had. Pretty interesting. I don't know what we're going to see it on first, but they're working on it on a bunch of things, which is kind of cool. We didn't get to this today, but I'm going to uh, hold on to it. Um, something about physics and Benjamin Franklin can, will always get my attention. And in this case, it's about paper money. I didn't know he printed his own. We'll, we'll know more about that. You may or may not have read these stories. They've been kind of all over the place, but it's been a busy week. It actually does matter to take your blood pressure at home because you're much less likely to have the symptoms of high blood pressure that you would have at the doctor's office, which is called white coat fever, you know, kind of a thing. It is a thing. Math anxiety is a thing. Doctor anxiety, white coat anxiety is a thing. But listen, you gotta you gotta get, calibrate this to where you're going to have it taken elsewhere. You ought, you have to know where where to put the machine. Okay, I speak from my own experience on this. You gotta take that measurement and bring it with you. So then, if it's a little higher or a little lower at the doctor's office, you can explain what's going on with you. How about that? We like to explain things. That's what gardening's all about. It explains how come we got something to eat today and maybe even tomorrow. It explains why those flowers make us so happy when we see them in the vase. Gardening's all about life, and that's what this is all about. Come back next week. We'll do it again. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. Nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. A lot of businesses are losing opportunities to get new customers if they're not online. With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. The highly trained and trusted team at Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. We're going abroad for the first time in years to Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. 
With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.